Hello, and welcome to the 2023 Halloween special from Destroy the Brain. I'm Andy Treffenbach. I'm Niles Maddox. Patrick Godgab. <laughs> our, our scare host of... <laughs> or wait, actually, our host of Scaramonies. Host of Ooh. Scaramonies. <laughs> 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 so I have no clue what Patrick's about to present to us. Niles, do you know? I mean, you, you rode I, in the car with him, so no, he he didn't tell me anything. And I'm I told I literally as we were walking out of the car, I was like, or getting out of the car, I was like, hey, I actually have no idea what you're talking about today, and I'm super psyched about that. Because <laughs> I mean, for me, it's always you know, like going into a movie or something that's you know. If you have a predetermined notion of like what you're walking into, you tend to have a pre-bias. I have no bias. I mean, I think for Mothman, I knew what was coming up, and I do. I didn't know about Mothman, so yeah. But I'm hoping today I don't know what you're talking about. Like so, even when you tell me what it is, it was tough to decide this year, just because it's tricky finding an like a big story. That's like, you know, all these different eyewitness accounts, you know, whether that's Exorcist, Mothman. I was like, I'm having a hard time finding something similar to that that hasn't been talked to death. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I think I got something good. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the deal. Okay. Today, we're going to take a ride on the Paranormal Express. We're going to hop from town to town, state to state, country to country, as we dive through some of the best and most interesting ghost stories and unexplained stories that I could find. So there's going to be some local stuff here in St. Louis. Okay. I'm going to skip over some of the more... You know, because a lot of ghost stories, I was going to get into some Alton stuff. Ooh. Decided not to just okay. because right. there's not a lot of narrative to them because it's mostly like, uh, you know, there's a lady in white. You may find her mm-hmm. roaming the halls uh, of the hotel. And yeah. It's things not specific like, enough. Generic. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I kind of wanted to skip that kind of stuff. But I, I found some interesting things. Okay. There might be a little bit of that. Um. But, uh, like I said, it was tough finding something that takes place over a period of time with that kind of narrative structure. But it's going to get interesting. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, <laughs> what's the word? <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan of travel shows. Yeah. And I like, no. I love watching a, a, a tour. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but are you going to want to travel after this? Ooh. Oh. Because we're. Well, we're... <laughs> All right, let's let's get on the ghost. He doesn't travel much anyway. I'm not big traveler, quite a homebody. But <laughs> well, today we're all traveling together. Okay, yes, oh. yes. Okay. So, so hop, all hop, aboard, all aboard the ghostly express. Butterfly in the sky. <laughs> so, we'll get into some short, creepy tales leading to our extended story, Ooh. our grand finale. Oh, little taste. Okay. We'll we'll start our journey in our own backyard. <gasps> Practically. Okay. What I mean by this is the Oakland House. 
Oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> that's right next to my house. That's a... No, that's no. right next to this. That is a short walk away. Studio. Right? <laughs> it's right here. It's yes. right here. It's Dude. Right. Oh, my God. St. <laughs> Louis is filled with many stories of spirits and strange phenomena. Spirits refusing to rest. The presence of one such ghost was felt in the Oakland house. Built in 1853 by pioneer banker Louis Benoit as a country home for himself and his wife. Eventually went through a period of abandonment until it was purchased by the Afton Historical Society. According to the South County Times, Betsy Banglinger, director of St. Louis Spirit Search, felt a presence on the second floor balcony described as a male, very old, weak, and tired, perhaps someone who loved the house, just watching over it and refusing to leave. Their treasurer, Carol Crossley, claimed to also have a vision of a boy who had fallen off the stairs. Various urban legends have persisted about the house. At a time, it was abandoned, and during this period, college students would come at night to prove themselves and challenge themselves to stay overnight. One of the legends was that someone had hanged themselves on the light fixture out on the front porch. Though some of the stories are unproven, there's a lot of urban legends around it. According to Balinger, one thing is certain. Two spirits roam the property. And that's just to start us off. What? I mean, like, that's like right around the corner. Yeah. Like, I could get, I could get up from this table right now. Lock out the door, and I'd be there in two seconds. We could we could walk there, walk at, there night. at night. No, we we've gone there. Okay, the... so you just so <laughs> this is a rigid residential area, right? So like, are we saying that the ghosts are like wandering the grounds, like behind us? I mean, they're not like are they here in, or are no, they like in the, the, are they restricted to that building or the are they like I mean that's what they say. I mean, okay. they say like. You know, some of them probably refuse to leave. I mean, there's going to be... That might have something in common with some of the other stories I'm going to bring up here. But... Uh, okay. All right. All right. Well, we're going to dig into part one of this adventure. We're going to talk about some phantom creatures, spirits, sleep paralysis. Oh, can no manifest way. itself no. as strange apparitions... In several forms. The old hag that watches you while mm. you sleep. God, no. As you wake up in the middle of the night, you can't move, and she pins you down to the bed. <laughs> or the hat man who watches you in the darkness. But what about when people make out unusual, specific details? Like the looming figure in your bedroom doorway watching you with a wide grin. What would you do if you woke up to the sight of the grinning man standing over your bed? I'd fucking freak out. <laughs> That's what I would do. Do not what? Though commonly explained away by sleep paralysis, what if these things can be seen while wide awake, going about your day-to-day? Entities that some refer to as shadow people. Mm. Such as some of these stories in St. Louis. In Robbie Cordaway's book, Spirits of St. Louis II, she details several eyewitness accounts of this kind of phenomenon in the St. Louis area. 
so wanted to share some passages from it that I found to be pretty creepy. <laughs> uh, in the early 1980s in Florissant, uh, there was a woman named Shelly Romo who was attending McClure High School, and there was a strange classmate who had a crush on her. She recalled how one year his seat was moved behind mine. He would tell me stories about how his father and brother committed suicide. And he would often put flowers and gifts in my locker. And throughout high school, he would call me often and stop by my home. We never dated. Then one day, a couple years later, there was a knock at the door. When she answered, the young man was at the porch, but this time his wrists were cut and he was bleeding all over the porch. He said he just wanted to tell me goodbye and he left. I drove to the police station and they said a car matching that description just hit a telephone pole. I never heard from him after that. After this incident, Shelly had a two-year-old son and she moved out of her parents' house to her own apartment, Brighton Apartments in North County, which is still there today. Uh, she said the carpet had spots on it from the bath into the one bedroom and out the door. One night, my son asked me, who's that man? As he looked down the hall, which had this icy, uh, cold feeling, the rest of the house was warm. When she went to her new mailbox a couple days later, Romo was in for a surprise as there was a lot of mail, but it was all addressed to the boy from high school. I immediately went down to the office, told them I knew what happened in that apartment, and demanded that they clean the carpets. The next three years were very quiet, probably among the happiest in that apartment. But then strange things started happening when Romo's future husband came into the picture. They would both see shadows moving. Her son would see a man walking down the hallway, back and forth. One night, they were asleep in their bed. Shelly awoke to see a hooded black figure standing at the end of the bed that appeared on two other occasions in the middle of the night. My husband woke up with a hooded black figure standing over him. It was very tall and thin. The head was normal-sized and faceless. The body was limbless and thin as a broomstick. It was as if a black hooded cape was draped over a black bowling ball on a stick. Once we both saw that same figure come out of the bedroom closet and walk through a wall into the hall. Another time, Romo was playing with her husband, or talking to her husband, not playing. Well, <laughs> playing is for pleasure. <laughs> uh, talking to her husband in the bathroom and heard the front door open, slam shut, and footsteps running down the hall. She thought it was her son, who had been playing with a friend two buildings down, but there was no one in the house. One time my husband was sitting on the bed and I was combing my hair in the mirror. He asked me what I thought about marriage and a statue that I'd received from my grandmother just flew off the dresser and shattered. Mm. Thank goodness my lease was up soon afterwards. Oh my gosh. Creeps. I... Sleep paralysis is always a weird thing for me because like, I, I'll go back and forth and wonder if it's all in the person's head. Yeah. Because, I mean, you are in a state of mind where you're trying to relax and, like... Lucid thought. Yeah. But, yeah. like, 
I don't know. Uh, what's the what's the movie with you know the scary movie? It's called the. Uh, is that? The, Are you the, talking about the documentary? Yeah, the nightmare. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty in, information. I learned a lot from that. But well, I think the the interesting thing with sleep paralysis is that when you talk to people individually, they tend to describe a very similar figure. Um, yeah, it's always like the old hag or the. I mean, man with the hat. Old mm-hmm. Hag is a fear center for me, so yeah. I can't say that that yeah. that definitely. I know I have that in common with people because that shit's in everything, and it scares yeah. the hell out of me. I just watched. I'm watching uh, House on Haunted Hill right now. Yes. Oh yeah, like the that's or, a, original. That's a. Oh no, Haunting a Hill House. I oh, apologize. Haunting of Hill House. Okay. The TV classic, show. Classic Old Hag. Yeah, classic Old Hag yeah. in there though. Um, continue. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Old please, please discuss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess they're kind of archetypes in a way. Thin, so the it's tall, thin something man, that's very clearly a thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but wanted to revisit the Lent Mansion just for a little bit because we okay. previously covered it in episode 65, which recommend revisiting. Uh, but I thought it'd be interesting to get to some of the paranormal stuff that's happened over the years. Uh, Lent yeah. Mansion here in St. Louis. You can grab a meal, stay for a night, participate in a ghost tour. Uh, formerly owned by the Lent Family Brewers, today is a hotbed of spiritual activity attributed to the tragic suicides of much of the Lent family. Now, some people have reported strange things happening in the restrooms, both the men's and the women's. Toilets flushing on their own, or as such in the women's room, the strange feeling of being watched. In the downstairs women's room on the main floor, just near the dining area, many women have reported to staff of a solid apparition of a man peeking over at the stall. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This room used to be William Lent Jr.'s private bathroom, who was said to be a womanizer, and guests have reported hearing someone running up the stairs, kicking the door, where William killed himself and had run up the stairs, kicked the door to get to his father, who uh, who had killed himself. That he well. ran up there, and he killed himself sometimes time later. But uh, but what's what's creepy is so. My sister Lindsay and I, yes, we do our annual Halloween, Halloween thing. Crawl of a this, story. yeah, this was a tough year to do it, of course, um, with the marriage coming up. Chills. <laughs> but last night we were able to squeeze in uh, Lemp Mansion. We were just like, you know, we don't have time to do all this stuff, and we we're like, how about we just grab a beer at Lemp? And we're like, all right, so we did that. Uh, we're so we're inside at the bar. I'm ordering the drinks. Lindsay's like, I'm gonna use the restroom real quick, and I'm like, okay. And the hallway's like just adjacent from like the hallway to the restroom. And I see her walk back there, and I'm you know waiting on the our glasses, and uh, <laughs> I just see, I just see her walk out of the restroom, walking straight to me. Her eyes are like oh, no. bugging, and she's like, "Hey, Patrick, hey, Patrick." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, um, like, yeah, you okay? Uh, can, can we go outside?" 
<laughs> I was like, sure. Uh, and which the look on her face scared the crap out of me because I was like, oh man, now I'm uneasy. Yeah. So we we went outside on the little uh, patio on the front, outside the front, and uh, <laughs> she tells me she was in the restroom, only person in there, and there's like a, kind of a glass panel sort of thing that's kind of divides the stalls. Yeah. Nobody's in the other stall. She said, you know, she gets in there, closes the door, and then all of a sudden just... Nope. Yeah. No thanks. And I think she... I think it happened twice because she walked out... I saw her walk out of the restroom and start kind of walking towards me. Then she turned around and walked back in the restroom. And I was like, what is going on? And then the second time, she just, like, bolted out of there because she's like... As soon as I got in there, just banging. like, Which is crazy because it's like... We've gone there so many times, and, you know, nothing's happened any of those times, which, what are the odds that anything would, but... Yeah. Let's, let's, let's try to think of other things that could have been happening that might have caused the sound. We can play skeptic. But this is an active <laughs> building with people making drinks, food, thing of that nature. Could have been uh, an echo from a subterranean cave. <laughs> <laughs> there are some caves there. there are. Um, I was just making a joke. I know, I know. No. But, I mean, it's hard to tell without Patrick, having been there. I personally am a firm believer of everything that goes on at Limp. I yeah. personally have yeah. had an experience there. I went there with my family, my sister, yeah. in the room that the man hung himself that supposedly he grabs people's things. My sister and also my wife felt a tug at their behinds. So, and then I personally just felt very uncomfortable in certain parts of the building and I was just like, I I feel that this is something that is real. I, I yeah. I will admit last night I, I did feel a little uneasy going in there just like it's like okay I mean this is a cold building so <laughs> that probably contributes to it but like you know, we just kind of get the heebie-jeebies in there. Mm-hmm. You get the I mean, heebie-jeebies, for you, sure. Andy, you've had a, a little bit of something happen there, too, didn't you? I've, I, I think yeah, you went so into it on the... It's funny, when you were talking about um, the Oakland house and Betsy, because Betsy used to do uh, personalized tours at LEM. Yeah. And that was, like, the era that I would go in, me and my friend Heather, and um, the two things that I've had happen at Limp, one of which was with my ex, where we were listening to the tour guide, who wasn't Betsy. It was actually somebody, I think, with the same organization. Anyway, she was talking. We were in um, the office of William Limp. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It was the front room. Uh, like, if you go in the house, it would be off to the left but it's across from the dining room and she's telling us the story about how uh, a suicide happened. What was happening was she was behind this table and we were in front of like the other side of the table and my ex is noticing that the chair is moving. I'm not paying. Nobody else notices this and she tugs at me and she's like, that chair is moving. 
and I look over and I see the chair moving and then the hostess is like hey what's going on and we say the chair's been moving and I shit you not like you could see everybody's eyeballs gather on the chair oh man and it was like a split second you saw movement and then it was done and it was really odd because I saw it longer because yeah. she told me about it and then I'm assuming she I don't know how long it had have happened but I was like okay that's weird that's not like a loose floorboard there was visible shaking of this Yikes. chair um, the other thing was during a- subterranean caves <laughs> <laughs> well of course like after the tour you go down like I went downstairs and I was testing like the floorboard activity I'm like okay maybe there's some way this moved but the- I could not prove it yeah the only other thing that I had happen at limp was a dark room session which I don't know if they do that anymore. I did it on my tour. Okay. Which was like probably four years ago. Yeah. Okay. All right. I I do want to do a recent tour because it's been a while and I definitely want to do it with Nikki. Um, Yeah. I want to do one of the street tours where they kind of take you around the neighborhood. I think that would be cool. Yeah. Um, Sounds like an activity. Let's do it. Yeah. The dark room session. I mean, I think that's really cool because you go up in the attic and there's the rumor of Zeke as well. Um, yeah, which we talked about on the episode, but uh, basically it was you know all electronics off. This is back in the day when I think flip phones were around. <laughs> that was the popular one, not iPhones yet. So that should kind of date myself. Well, there. like a razor, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Motorola razors. Um, but basically, we had all the lights off, and it was complete darkness, and. When you're in complete darkness, you're in complete darkness. Anything that isn't darkness sticks out like a sore thumb. And down one of the hallways, because we were all standing in a circle, it felt like I saw light. And then I started seeing things move. And I remember seeing, like, the outline of a dog. So that's probably the most... That's funny. That's, that's like cr- that's what we saw in ours too. Was the dog really? It's very strange. It's very, very, wow. very strange. And whenever you know we were talking to the host after the dark room session, they said that the dog is a very common apparition. That is interesting because all it wants is attention. <laughs> you don't, and you don't like. It's not like you when you say see. You just like. If you have animals, you know yeah. what it's like when you know what it's next to you, but you're yeah. not. It's not in your. Vision? That's why like, I say yeah, the outline of a dog. Because, it's almost like, like it's there, and you just know it's like <laughs> coming across you like this, it's, but you're not seeing it. Yeah, right. isn't that funny to think of like a a dog spirit and like of course, of course, a ghost dog would act different <laughs> from a human ghost because yeah, you with know, the amazing movie. Ghost yeah, dog. yeah, because <laughs> like a human spirit might be like, I'm not participating I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing my own thing but a dog would be like look at me <laughs> hi hi look at all hi. these people hi they can hi. pet me <laughs> oh shit they can't i'm a ghost <laughs> uh, but aside from the restaurant and you know the mansion itself there's a few different businesses that operate on the grounds of the former brewery you know there's that uh complex i mean they there's the the haunted house they do every October, all that stuff. Um, So in that Spirits of St. Louis book, uh, there's a story from... Spirits of St. Louis 2. 2. Yeah, that's right. 
Because I have the first one. Oh, the second might one might be upstairs. The second one's pretty good too. Um, I haven't read the first, but uh, so there's a man named Mark uh, McDonough, and he, uh, at the time of the writing of the book, anyway, he was operating an office located uh, in that complex, I guess you call it. Uh, but he was in charge of security for the haunted house. Uh, he said uh, he used to see, uh, like over like the walkie-talkie chatter, he would hear people like say, "There's a when they're closing down, like there's a there's a little girl here, things like that." Nobody's there, but this was in the caverns, right? Section. Okay, yeah. So, how, what was the date on this? Do you know? So he does say it, it was in 1997. One of my artists, Gina, left at five or six o'clock going home uh, and came up white as a ghost. Uh, she said, there's something following me up th- up the stairwell. It was a big black shadow thing following me. Not dimensional, just like a shadow. Oof. One interesting thing to add, ah! just to give a little bit of context. So no. the, the lamp haunted house that is, you know, current, I would say like post 2000s <clears throat> that's owned by Larry Kirshner and Scarefest. So the same people that own the darkness and creepy world. And it's a completely different setup than it was in the nineties. Um, so I've been to the original when it was the haunted caverns at the Lemp brewery. Oh, yeah, I remember them. And uh, what was really cool is you had like a ghost host in the elevator and ours was basically a ripoff of Beetlejuice. <laughs> and we get in, and it's a freight elevator, so it's one of those where, like, you close a gate uh, on the outside, and then you close the gate to the elevator so you don't, like, fall in between the cracks. And you take this elevator down into the caverns. And quite honestly, this is the part that is probably closed off to the public now, probably even to the people that own the land. I don't know because it become uh, it became a safety hazard but you were inside caverns and inside the caverns that they stored beer in so it was really interesting and a lot of people thought that there was more paranormal activity in the caverns because of the rock and you know just the fact that you're in the earth yeah and the 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 minerals and all this other stuff it, it just kind of it's more of a sponge that, for paranormal activity. That that's interesting. Yeah, because that kind of goes back to what we were kind of theorizing with uh, Richard Haddam last year. Yeah, when we were kind of talking about you know when maybe it has something to do with either like a water current, you know, just being around that kind of. Yeah, because it, we we both talked about like we all talked about uh, how like cities along a river. Yeah, are are very haunted. Yeah, and it's because it's it's a natural pathway, right? Yeah. So very it makes interesting sense. stuff. He did go on to say that they would hear classical music, uh, singing like an orchestra, and he continued. I thought about it, and I was like, you know, it's all guys here. Guys don't listen to this kind of music. <laughs> what? <laughs> well. I wasn't That's just what he, that's just what he said. I don't know. Stop coming <laughs> <out of> me. <laughs> so he's a tough guy, you know. Hey. Uh, what does he listen to? What do tough guys listen to? 
I don't know. Merle Haggard? <laughs> Hate breed. <laughs> Hate breed. So he thought that there was uh, somebody renting the second floor, rehearsing, because uh, there were some theater groups there. Uh, he said, I-, I came over to the door and I heard these people walking up the stairwell. I didn't want to look like the guy that's all nosy, so I kind of stopped for a minute. Then I thought, you know what? I pay rent in this place. I want to see who it is. Open the door. Nothing. The noise just stopped. I walked down to the second floor and there was nothing there. The only place they could have been was the second floor. I checked the rest of the building just to make sure. That stairwell also caused a couple of his employees to rethink their job status. Because his office manager had a similar experience in that stairwell. She said it was not someone but something. A black shadow followed like a dark cloud giving a horrible feeling of dread. He said, I was working here one evening and I'd gotten past the... I'd just gotten past the willies. There was nothing that could freak me out at this point. The building settling, all these people were calling ghosts. It was just building noises. So I was working and I heard something. I looked out and there was nothing there. So I went back to work. Half hour later, I heard something else. Suddenly... A burst of wind just came by. At least I thought it was a burst of wind. In retrospect, there wasn't any wind. You know how they talk about the hair on the back of your neck sticking up? That happened. This cold wind went by me and through me. It was like walking into a magnetic field or something. Best way I can explain it. Uh, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... We're going. So we're going. What's, we're, what's our next stop? We're, we're going out of state. Um, oh, we're so uh, basically just like okay. So what you're saying is I live in St. Louis's fear center. Fear what, center. That's that's what you've told me because I mean basically, I live probably what like seven eight blocks from Limp, Limp technically, yeah. and you know just down yonder, you know. We can sit on your porch and wave at ghosts. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't think I like it. Um, to set the mood, do you remember the story of injured cold? Yes, oh of course I do. In Point Pleasant. Yes, I'm well aware. <laughs> the smiling man. He was. He did have a wide grin. So we're going to meet some other strange characters similar to him. We're going to take a trip to Braxton County, West Virginia. No, we're not. Only two hours east of Point Pleasant. In the town of Heaters, Miss Audra Harper reported seeing something in the darkness outside her home. She was walking with a friend at night when they noticed what looked like a flaming ball on the hillside. As they looked toward it, they saw that where the fire was before was now the dark shape of a man. And then, on September 12, 1952, in Braxton County, a group of kids were playing football in an area known as Flatwoods. I know this one. <laughs> they saw an unusual light in the sky, flying near the hills like a shooting star, but with a trail of fire, crashed into the hillside. They ran toward it to check it out. Their home was on the way, so they first stopped to tell their mother. Their mother called on a National Guardsman who lived nearby by the name of Eugene, and they brought their dog, as well, to the crash site. Uh, as they neared the hill where the crash appeared, they saw a pulsating red light glowing in the darkness. Eugene shined his flashlight toward it, and they were terrified of what they saw. 
a 15-foot creature with a spade-shaped head and a metallic red dress with twisted clawed hands and orange glowing eyes. With a hiss, no. it began levitating from the ground, surrounded by a thick mist, and as the mist reached the group, it hissed again and suddenly glided towards them. Mm. Boy. And the group fled. They reported the incident to the police, but nothing was found. However, they began to experience an illness that they claimed to be contributed by the event, which was throat and stomach irritation and nausea. The day after, on September 13th, about 20 miles south at a nearby location called Strange Creek... Ooh. <laughs> Strange what? <laughs> Why name it that? <laughs> uh, a couple named George and Edith and their two-year-old son were driving on a rural route when their car died. George attempted to restart it, but it wouldn't after several attempts. It was completely dark out. There was no one around to ask for help. They were then surrounded by a strong, strong scent like sulfur, and outside was engulfed in a bright white light and they saw the creature hovering in front of their car for a good while, and then it dragged its claws over the hood of the car, and then it floated off into the woods. No. Flatwoods monster, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's an alien. Could That's be. That's what some say. Could be. Um, so, West Virginia... Um, 80% of the state is covered by forests, which I did not know it was quite that much. So it makes it a breeding ground so for I'm fucking like, cryptids. I'm it's like, like that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a great place for I mean, weird things to hide out, I guess. We Yeah, we were just talking about resources. Why do odd things happen around natural resources? Water, forest. They're like, yeah. Think about like I don't know, caves. Caves are spooky. Caves, yeah, makes Those sense. Thing. I don't fucking know. But I just, I find it interesting. Flatbuds monster. So, okay, do you think aliens and the paranormal in general are just one thing? Hmm, I guess if you wanted to... Because basically, Flatwoods monster, is it like a demon ghost thing, or is it like an alien thing, or is that the same thing? I don't know. I mean, the way it kind of, like, it does seem more creature-like, doesn't right. it? Like yeah, yeah. It, there, it doesn't seem to be like a intelligent did, thing. But all of the know. like the lights and like everything about it makes it sound like UFO stuff. Yeah. But people see lights with uh, ghosts too. They do. So yeah. I don't yeah. know. Well, because what it's like a infraction of light. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's like that's a, what a lot of ghosts. Like and a rainbow. You see a ghost. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's very much the same principle. Yeah. It's, an inf- it, it's a difference. Like I was saying with uh, the dark room session. Oh, yeah. Limp, it's a difference of darkness. Yeah. yeah. You just kind of tell like one part is lighter there's, than the other. There's mass there. There's yeah. like a, a mass. Yeah. There. I don't know. I can't see it, but it's there. Right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, what creeps me out is like. Some of those things could very well be spirits or, you know, who's to say that a spirit can't like, or if it's, if you want to go that route, 
a demonic entity, if you will. Yeah. No, no, could, no. Could they change forms? Could they appear in a way that they know will scare you? Yeah, let's go this. You know I, what I, mean? I, I get what you're saying. Let's go the scary route. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's deep. But I don't know. I think what scares <laughs> me is the idea of, like, the black mass yeah. following you. Like, that's like, yeah, that's, no. No. That's spooky time. Spooky time. Um, do you guys have your passports? Oh, <laughs> we're getting out of <laughs> the country. <laughs> oh, boy. Is my stuff in order? Oh, all right. All right. Jesus. Okay. We're going overseas. Okay. okay. Thank, thank you for flying Spirit Airlines. Ah! <laughs> I'll be your fright attendant. <laughs> Guys, we're we're taking off now. Okay. You, you got your you got your peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> I got my. Can I have a coke? Yeah. Candy corn beer yeah, that I'm <laughs> almost done with. Can I get another ginger ale, please? So, how much is the Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the in-flight movie? <laughs> Final destination. Oh, no. Great. <laughs> uh, being on a flight at night would be a pretty creepy time to experience a ghost, wouldn't it? <laughs> In the UK, during a flight, a cabin crew was uh, approached by an elderly man. He got the attention of a flight attendant. He asked her, can you please pass a message along to this woman? Uh, he said, tell her I'm okay. The, the crew did so, and they were told... The, when they told the woman, she was confused. Almost instinctively, she pulled a photo from her bag and said, Is this the person you spoke to? The crew said yes. The woman said, That is her husband, and he had just recently died. Oh, and God. he is actually on board in a coffin in the car. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> there was an airline called Sterling... Airlines in Denmark. The crew had many ongoing hauntings aboard the plane, strange phenomena. One flight attendant said the activity was lights that turned themselves off and on, unusual sounds, sudden temperature spikes or drops. Uh, it was Aircraft 502 had a mind of her own. They took to calling the craft Christine. Oh, <laughs> appropriate. Yeah. The flight attendant continued, she does seem to behave for some people more than others, but lots of people have claimed to have seen her be quite temperamental. Christine doesn't bother me, but some avoid flying on her, on her because of the stories. And there have been reports of footsteps being heard on the roof of the plane, even at over 30,000 feet in the air. Man, wouldn't that suck? So you die on an airplane, you can't get out, you have to stay where... How many people die on a fucking airplane? No, I know, but, like, that's how an uh, airplane gets haunted, right? Is, I don't know. <laughs> how many people <laughs> die on sound, airplanes? <laughs> that sounds like a uh, family movie. So I died on an airplane one time. Now I'm stuck here, and I'm just talking the yeah. <laughs> But just, I'm constantly I mean, traveling. Like, I get, okay, the concept of Getting people dying in a plane crash versus... Naturally, just dying, what, like well, choking on yeah, a yeah, peanut? Yeah. No, that's what I'm talking about. Because if, <laughs> well, let's be honest. If you're How do you die on an airplane? Well, if it's a plane crash, it's 
you know, the plane's probably yeah, going to so go that would, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it ends up at Zach Baggins Haunted Museum, <laughs> well, as I found. Well, like yeah. Dean I was about asshole. to say, I watched a doc on on the uh, this haunted plane that basically they, they were using pieces of older planes to build the plane. Oh, my God. This is literally a fucking Zach Baggins yeah. exhibit. Is so, it? No okay. way. It, oh, it, man. it has to deal with the James Dean crash. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. His Porsche called Little Bastard. Oh. Apparently... You know, uh, parts leaked out onto the third market, but nobody could find these parts. And Zach Baggins found the axle, but we, it, the exhibit itself is us in a room with a TV of Zach Baggins showing the whole story. And he's like, we were able to track down the axle and we wow. matched the VIN and confirmed it with Porsche that it is little bastard. So turn around and look upon the glass wall as we roll back the curtain to reveal the lost cursed part. Part. And then part, you just hear the motor part. and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> and it reveals the fucking oh. axle of little bastard and i'm like cool okay yeah so that's that's uh i guess where plane parts way to go this Zach. Has, uh become a haunted possession story now wow yeah like and but wouldn't that like, be funny if a ghost was just kind of like he has to haunt the plane because he's just tied yeah. to there? I'm yeah. just, and that's what I brought up. How many people have actually died naturally on I'm a plane? I'm sure there's been plenty. Yeah, but wouldn't I, wouldn't that be awful too, though? Because like, you're, yeah, my, my you're, next door neighbor, a, like my next cedar is uh, dead. Like, what do they? What do they, where do where do they put the person? Like, oh, I, especially I, if it's like one of those long overseas flights, which we're on right now. Oh god! Yeah, I don't know. Where'd they Hopefully put the Hopefully, you paid body? extra for the pods. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of which, we're we're landing in Ireland. Okay, cool. Wait, wake up, everybody! Oh, All right. hey, Good hey. morning. Oh, oh. oh wait, do I say top of the morning? Top of the morning. <laughs> top of the morning. Feels racist. It is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of old hags. Oh, you're, f- yes. you're, f- you're familiar with the legend of the Banshee. Oh. Yeah, I just watched uh, High Spirits with Steve Gutenberg. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you know, there's you <laughs> <laughs> deflated him. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, there is a story called High Spirits. Uh, there are so many Banshee stories. Most of it's folklore. You know, it's just part of the mythology. But you know, yes, just to give you a general idea, oof. <laughs> various virgin, vir- virgins, virgins, <laughs> various virgins. You know, the Banshee told to foretell a death with the shriek. Yes. Usually described as a woman with long red hair or gray hair, pale skin, could be an older woman, stringy, hag-like, rotten teeth, fiery red eyes. Ah! Let's stop by England, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) And that was that. England, the Isle of Wight. May of 1973. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> May of 1973, a family was on vacation. 
I've turned into Michael Caine. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I turned into Michael Caine or a bottle. The Isle of Wight, May of 1973. A family was on vacation at Lake Common in an area known as Samdown. Located near a golf course, the family had two children. When the parents were occupied, the kids were playing by themselves, and they got startled when they heard a loud sound like a siren wailing coming from the woods. They followed the sound until they arrived to a swampy area in the woods. They discovered the siren sound was coming from a wooden bridge in the swamp where the sound eventually stopped. As they stood and waited for the sound to come back, a long hand emerged from the water under mm. the bridge. No, it didn't. Wearing a strange blue glove, a figure crawled out. It fumbled around with an old book, which it dropped into the water clumsily, retreated with an odd hop to a metallic hut that had no windows. Okay. This is something that is wearing blue gloves, has a book coming out of the water, drops it back in the water. Emerge from the swamp. Terrifying. Why does it wear gloves? And hops away. No, I don't like it. <laughs> um, so the kids were curious, and they waited a bit, and the figure reemerged from the hut, carrying a black microphone-like device. And they heard the voice saying, Hello, are you still there? They turned around and got a closer look at him. He was seven feet tall and had a yellow pointed hat. No. Not unlike a classic witch hat. With a wooden antenna on either side, had no neck, and his head was just flat between his shoulders. His face had triangular eyes, a square nose, motionless yellow lips, giving the appearance of a clown or a jack-o'-lantern. No. However, he had extremely white cheeks and a fringe of red hair coming down, touching his forehead. (laughs) He pulled out a notebook and wrote in large letters, Hello, and I am all colors Sam. God! That is now my new nightmare! Oh my god! As Sam spoke out loud, they noticed his lips did not move. (laughs) They asked why his clothing was ripped, and he replied, These are the only clothes I own. They asked if he was a man, and he replied, No. Are you- are you a- are you- No. Nopesy daisy! (laughs) Are you a ghost? They asked. He replied, Well, not really. But I am in an odd sort of way. What are you then? They asked. He replied, You know. He's Satan. That's what he is. All colors, Sam. 
Satan. Sam then drew pictures of what other Sams look like. Then he invited them into his hut. No. As they entered, Sam removed his hat and revealed round white ears. <laughs> the interior interior of the hut had two levels. The floor was a bluish green with a pattern of dials, an electric heater, and very simple wooden furniture. Sam began to eat some berries and told them about his diet. He demonstrated how he ate. Before eating a berry, he performed a strange conjuring trick, placing the berry in his ear, moving his head forward, causing the berry to reappear in one of his triangular eyes, repeated this, and the berry traveled to his mouth. No, it didn't. They remained with him for about 30 minutes and bid farewell. And as the kids returned to the golf course, they spoke to the first adult they could find, saying, We saw a ghost! But he didn't believe them. Mm-mm. In June of 1973, about three weeks later, one of the children spoke with their father, insisting what happened was real. At first, he was dismissive until he realized the details of what happened were hard to make up. He recounted his own strange experience three years prior to the clown incident and assumed it must have been related. Because in October of 1970, he was driving to a friend's house when he saw a large object in the sky with different lights on, flying very low near the marshes on the River Yar. He pulled over to get a better look at it. He watched it for a while, got back in his car, drove off, and was followed by the lights. At one point, he stopped his car, got out, tried signaling toward it, and it flew off. And once he drove again, it reappeared, continued to do so for a while, almost in a hide-and-seek-like fashion, merging in and out of the treetops. Two years later, in 1972, he was sitting on a cliffside at night when he spotted two yellow glowing lights in the water. He said they were peering at him like the eyes of a horrible sea monster. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. So... He's saying that, obviously, All Color Sam is also the flying thing I saw in the air that weaved through the trees, and also the thing that lives in the water. It's all the same thing? Could be. I think think all he was trying to get at was his kids were very young. He didn't think they could make up details like that and he's also seen strange things in that area right so he was like i get it okay i believe okay. you i believe you i got some shit i've seen personally yeah. i yeah. get it okay yeah all color skin that that description terrifies me yeah because i i fuck the clown it's the clown baby shit you know it's like yeah is a clown um next stop glasgow scotland 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 <laughs> In 1976, two girls were coming home from a party, and they called the police because on the way home, they had a feeling of dread. Sound familiar? And they noticed a man standing still watching them under a streetlight, tall with long arms, pale, pale skin, sorry, bald, Mm. black tight outfit. His limbs twitched and his face contorted. 
and he was making strange snorting sounds. Ugh. <laughs> they got scared, and they noticed he was gone. But what's interesting is for the next three years, there have been many eyewitness accounts of this same man. So a few nights later, a woman living in the area of that same sighting woke up in the middle of the night after her husband was snoring loudly. She noticed, however, he was not snoring. But she could hear the sound of somebody snoring oh, no. in the bedroom. That's the big man. <laughs> the snoring sound was coming from the end of their bed. That <laughs> she saw at the end of the bed was the man standing, watching, grinning, and snorting. Now... <laughs> He lied completely still. He stood completely still. She screamed. The husband woke up, saw the man, turned the light on, and he had disappeared. He saw it too? Oh, God. They both saw it. Then when they turned the light on, he was gone. So it's not it's not the, the sleep paralysis no can't, pig man. That's what I'm saying. Some of these oh, some Jesus. of the some of these uh, sightings are happening when wide awake police found no signs of forced entry sightings continued and there were 17 police reports oh my god six of them taking place in people's homes same this, pig man same pig man oh my god but the interesting part the sickly feeling of dread was associated with each and every sighting Wait. Obvi. Obvi. Okay. Now we're getting into our big story. Oh. But, like, let's talk about that last one. And you know know what fucking freaks me out about that shit? Like, I saw something in my own house, and there's other people (laughs) reporting the same thing. Because there's, like, fucking true stories of people that have, like, squatted in attics and shit and literally lived off of your house. Yeah. Like, that's a real thing. Yeah, so I think that's what makes that... It's fucking terrifying. Creepy is, even if that's not supernatural, it's still What if there's really scary. just fucking scary yeah. people living in your fucking house? Snorting. Oh. <laughs> Snorting. I need another beer. All right. We're still in England. We're getting into our main story. Oh, awesome. Yes. All right. We're going to Pontefract, West Yorkshire. Okay. Yorkshire. We're going to be talking about the Black Monk of Pontefract. Ooh, that sounds fucking terrifying. The following took place between September 1966 through the summer of 1969 in West Yorkshire, UK. 30 East Drive in the town of Pontefract. Pontefract is an ancient town dating back to the Roman times. 1966. Remember what else happened in 1966? Oh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> was that JFK? That was Mothman. Mm. Oh. When did JFK <laughs> get shot? Was that the same year? I don't know. 65? 69? I don't know. No, I, was a, oh, I can't remember. I thought it was 67. 67? Mothman was 66? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, shit. 63? Jesus. Wow. We're horrible We're bad. We we need to to go back to school. (laughs) 
back to school would destroy the brain. Uh, there's some graduation day. good information out there regarding this case, but a lot of the story is gathered from Colin Wilson's book, Poltergeist, A Study in Destructive Haunting, where he interviews the witnesses himself. Gene and Joe Pritchard and their two children, Philip, who was 15 at the time, and Diane, who was 12, and Gene's mother, Sarah, moved into the house in 30 East Drive in Pontefract. Activity began disturbing the Pritchard family in early 1966. The picturesque home, as the family would come to realize, held dark secrets that emerged almost immediately after moving in. The strange poltergeist activity began as small, almost isolated incidents, but as time went on, the disturbances happened more and more frequently. When they first moved in, Gene and John were on an eight-day break for holiday, and their teenage son Philip and his grandmother, Sarah Skulls, pretty cool last name there, but it's uh, spelled S-C-H-O-L-E-S, were the first to move in and spend the night while the parents were away. On this quiet day, Sarah was settling in, she was knitting, and she noticed the room got cold and was surprised Philip hadn't said anything. She heard a loud slam on the back door, closing shut. Then she heard a loud thump from upstairs, and she didn't think anything of it. And a few days later, uh, Philip was gone, and she heard a loud thump and crash sound. And right after hearing it, despite the weather being seasonably warm this particular day, the temperature dropped drastically. The room got cold, and she felt gusts of bitterly cold air enter the room where she sat. Upon Philip's return to the house, the pair of them noticed what seemed to be white powder or dust falling to the ground, as if it was coming from the ceiling of the room. Fucking asbestos, that's what it was. Oh, but then they saw a layer of this chalky dust fall, and it just floated in thin air. Oh. Floating at shoulder height. Not falling from the ceiling or anything, it just stops shoulder level. Some of it did make its way to the floor, and as they cleaned it, it would form in a strange puddle, continuously forming back from nowhere after they cleaned it up. They could not find any source for this water, if you could call it that, from above or below. Sarah left the house to quickly go across the street to fetch her daughter, Marie Kelly, uh, to see if she could make any sense of what she and her grandson were witnessing. So, several of the family members were living in this same area, so they were very close to each other. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, it's kind of like a high-traffic household, I mean. So, the parents are still gone. She, the grandmother, gets her other daughter to come see what's happening at the house just to see if... She can make any sense of it. And as soon as they came in, the kitchen cabinets started vibrating violently. When Kelly entered the property, she saw the white powder and noticed a pool of water had formed on the kitchen floor. And they watched, stunned, as numerous other pools formed around them. The water board arrived to examine the pools of water. 
later that afternoon and could not find any leaks. The pools stopped appearing in se several hours after they first started, and then later that evening, around 7 p.m. while watching TV, Sarah heard her grandson scream from the kitchen. She ran to him and saw the cutlery, pots, pans, and a large cupboard violently shake around, the worktop shaking back and forth rapidly. Then the hallway light came on by itself, and upon the worktop was a mess of sugar and tea leaves. Both of them witnessed the button on the tea dispenser being pressed in and out repeatedly, spraying the worktop with tea, making a huge mess. Sarah screamed involuntarily, Stop it! To which a loud bang came from the hallway behind them. When they opened the door, there was nothing there. Ugh. By 9.30 at night, the activity once more seemed to have stopped, and Marie left the pair to get a good night's sleep so they could reassess things the following morning. However, as Sarah went to say goodnight to her grandson, a chest of drawers suddenly began to sway violently in his room. What the fuck, man? Not, not prepared to stay in the property, the two of them left, spent the night at a neighbor's house. Yeah, this is like usually the ending of these poltergeist movies. <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, it starts with a bang, actually. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Jesus. Literally, yeah, it's like the literally, ending of Amityville. <laughs> literally starts with a bang. Uh, after some days had passed, they would encounter furniture moving, mattresses lifted off the bed and onto the floor while sleeping in it, green green foam coming out of the tap in the kitchen and the bathroom. Green foam? So, Sarah decides to bring her daughter Marie again and a man named Vic Kelly. They both decide to spend a little more time there, see what's going on, see if they can experience anything else. They actually call the cops. The police don't really find anything. They have several more sleepless nights, disturbing the family to no end. Yeah, and get out of there. I mean, I, how can you sleep with shit like going on yeah, all the time? I know. So in this I got cats. It's like <laughs> that. Like, I mean, they'll jump on my... I mean, they'll fuck with shit all night. I'll hear shit all night long. I wouldn't know if I had a poltergeist at this point, yeah. but I'm just saying, it's difficult. You say, fuck it, you go somewhere else, right? <laughs> right. I don't know. So in this neighborhood, they have a friend named Mr. O'Donnell. Um, he's a believer in the paranormal. He's extremely interested in coming by. So they're like, maybe this guy can make some sense of it. So he comes, he visits, does some investigating, spends time with the family in the house, doesn't experience anything, but he listens to their story, and he begins to explain to them the difference between ghosts and poltergeists. He explains, poltergeists get attached to kids, and that poltergeists do weird things like move things around, knock things over, cut pictures up, weird things like that. It's nearly 2 a.m. at this point. As he says this, as he's mentioning they move things over, cut pictures up, things like that, literally says this, turns around, leaves. As they're locking the door, they hear a loud crash. Mm. They go back in, turn the lights on, see where the sound came from, and there are three pictures on the floor. 
One of them is Joe and Jean's wedding photo, and it has slashes all over it, as if by a blade or a claw. So it wasn't from just falling pictures. Yeah, and this happened right as he was explaining what <laughs> poltergeists do, slashing photos. <laughs> this is what we do, bitch! <laughs> so, that Saturday, the Pritchard family had returned home from holiday, so the parents are back. Joe and Jean are back. Sarah, Philip, Marie, and Vic are trying to explain everything because they've been gone for a little over a week. They're like, you're not going to believe what's happened since you've been away. <laughs> Lots of weird things are going on it's in this house. It's getting wild up in this house. Uh, <laughs> so they're overwhelmed. They're like, whoa, whoa, slow down, slow down. And everybody's freaked out at this point. And they're like, there was this, there was that, there was knocking. And uh, Joe asks, what kind of knocks? And as he asks that. No. No, it didn't. Followed by a burst of cold wind blowing over them. No, it wasn't. Then the activity stopped. The family had two years of peace in the house. So two years have passed. Gene decides to read. <laughs> Nothing happens for two years. <laughs> Nothing happens for two years. Okay. Until Gene decides to redo Diane's room. Okay. Mistake. Just as she's planning this, the she's getting all the materials ready. She's gonna repaint the bedroom. They're changing things up a lot in this room. And as she's doing this the bedspread in Diane's room pulls off the bed thrown all the way down the stairs from the bedroom and as she picks it up puts it back on the bed the bedspread from the opposite room mm. gets thrown down the stairs as well <laughs> then they hear noises and see that there are plants upturned and soil is just spilled everywhere Philip came upstairs to see what was going on and he said it's happening again. So I thought this was interesting because we kind of talked about, imagine if you were a ghost, you're stuck in one spot. Yeah. Whether that's like a house you're attached to or something. Mm -hmm. Would it make sense that like, you know, hey, I've spent my whole life in this house. I'm here as a ghost would it be reasonable to assume some ghosts would be kind of pissed off if you change things up too much? I, I don't know. Interesting. I Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, I have this idea that ghosts are not actually here. They're, like, kind of here. Like, there's, like, a thin layer between us and them. Yeah. And they, I, I often wonder if, yeah, what happens when you demolish a building? What happens? That's a good question. You know? Do they stay in that area? Does the their world never change? Do they still have the hallways and stairwells and things that they normally... I would be interested to know if there's any stories out there of places that are haunted after the building has been right. demolished. So, you know like, what I mean? Yeah, like, like Amityville. If you ended up like... You know, because technically, I think the room that was bringing the haunting was that red room in the basement. Yeah. If you cemented the entire floor of that basement and just made it cement, 
is it still this is the house still going to be haunted because you've done away with that portion yeah. of the house is that what makes them move on i don't know i mean i it's it is interesting like i feel like a lot of it's there is this general idea that it's just like a an energy yeah it's like, like it's, it's like a, like an imprint of a an past life of a of a memory of a, yeah. of an existence of a constant thing walking yeah. up and down the stairs walking up yeah, down yeah. the hallway things of that nature yeah cuz tend you, to be a thing cuz when you look at a lot of those stories of lemp for example yeah. it's repeated things repeated. happening somebody running up the stairs mm-hmm. uh you know, banging in the Residual same spot. Residual energy from yeah. a, a traumatic, often, traumatic event. A traumatic event or a even often just repetitive thing. Yeah. I walked up and down these stairs. The ghost walks up and down these stairs. The ghost checks at 3 a.m. on blah, blah, blah. You yeah. Know, like, Man like committed of, suicide. Yeah. And then just several, repeating that over and over and over. Yeah. And, over. and I, I think that's another thing to add to, <clears throat> to go too far back on the limp thing. Yeah. Again. But when there's something like, as tragic as suicide, mm-hmm. it's like that makes sense that there would be something stuck there. Like that was yeah, yeah. I mean, that's usually what it, you have to find the tragedy that caused something yeah. to be haunted. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So they started redoing Diane's room, or in this and, case, you just redecorate. Yeah, you redecorate. <laughs> And I think that's the gets, arts. that's what you're trying to say. Gets, so if you paint, if, if you buy an old if, house, do not was, change it up if, at all. If the palette was periwinkle, you do not change it to lavender. Now, can you build like an extension to the house? Would that be fair well, game? I mean, technically, I'll be honest. If you want me to talk about some of that, that's been discussed in a uh, amazing series called The Blackwell Ghost, where the ghost could <laughs> Which not. I, I still need the to ghost watch, could the not way. haunt portions of a certain house because it was an addition I, to the original house. I need to watch that. I still haven't seen stuff. it. Okay, so two years have happened. Philip says, or two years have gone by. Philip says it's happening again after. This whole bedspread incident, redecorate, redoing the room. Um, Jean is confronted again by the sudden cold air. There's a cold chill, and something flies past her face, which she realized was a paintbrush. <laughs> then a bucket of wallpaper paste slammed into the wall, creating a huge mess. And What's interesting is I think the book kind of explains that when some of this is happening, there's not a, it's not always a lot of fear that's going on. It's like annoyance, annoyance, like, well, I mean, get that's what out of here. Are. Stop doing this. Yeah. yeah. Poltergeist is supposed to be like super, I mean, technically all they really do is move yeah. shit around and which the moving of things can harm you, yeah. but they're not not their intention. Yeah. They're there to just acknowledge, acknowledge, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. So it's like disruptances. Mm-hmm. And, but the, the fear does play a huge part in this, though, as, as Jean suddenly realized. Oh, Jesus. So the wallpaper paste slandered the wall. There's a huge mess. She's trying to clean it up. Then she sees something in the darkness moving kind of back and forth 
like a cobra would. What? Like just doing that kind of tilty back and forth, no. you know what I mean? Like head up like a snake in the darkness, just the shadow, and it's moving around like a cobra getting ready to strike. Back and forth head movement. She walks closer to it, and she sees that it was just a piece of wallpaper being manipulated by something. Like something is holding it. Yeah. Putting it in the form of a snake and playing around with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Trying to scare the shit out of her. Just a slipper. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) So. It's just the it, it was being manipulated by something, and she swore it was manipulated to move like a snake in the darkness just to freak her out. And then a carpet sweeper is floated into the air, and it's swung like a bat. Obviously. Towards Joe. Uh-huh. And Jean falls onto the floor, crawls from the room. The wallpaper roll hits the door. A piece of hardware is thrust from the room, out the window, onto the street. And all of this is seemingly initiated just by the remodel of Diane's room. Yeah. Okay. So time goes by. The family experiences more loud bangs, lights cutting out, being awakened to heavy breathing near their ears. And it's just getting worse. But, like... Why are they continuing to remodel the house? Like, is it? Just oh because, no, like, they 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 stopped at at this point. I would hope. Yeah, they stopped at this point, and it's just progressing. Even though they stopped, yeah. it's still continuing and getting worse. They're hearing this heavy breathing near their ears, waking them up. The lights would turn off. Off. They eventually taped the light switches on. <laughs> Oh my oh, god. Shit. Like with duct tape? Yeah. Damn. But the tape would be torn off and missing and the light switches would be off. They eventually called a vicar who explains poltergeists cannot be exercised. He explained they hold the process in contempt. So they expected something to happen when the vicar visited, but nothing did. Nothing happened, and Jean says, I'm sorry we dragged you out here for nothing. And as she says that, there's another bang. (laughs) And a candlestick jumps onto the floor from the mantel. The vicar assumed it was the house settling, and after (laughs) he said that, after he said that, a second candle rose off the mantel and levitated coming towards him it stopped in front of his nose oh my god no it fell to the floor no this is a movie then there was a loud crash in another room where all the dishware from the cabinet was spread onto the floor it's too perfect there's no way the vicar is then convinced something evil was here and advised them to move out then a looming dark shadow appeared on the wall and objects and furniture began lifting from the floor and pinned Diane to the stairs. But she was not hurt. 
it just lightly pinned her to it. Being kind of gentle, which was the weird thing. Because huh. you would think that it would be yeah, a, yeah, fuck upset up. with Diane. Fuck him up. Because it's Diane's break room that's being I get changed. It. But uh, more on that later. Oh, you Jean? think it was like a... Like a... You know. What? Like he had a crush on her? The ghost? Um, well, Jean and Joe try to move everything off her because there's all these objects that are pinning her as well. But it's so light on her that it's not like she's being crushed or anything. But they move, but they can't move anything off her. Like it's just like being held there. Joe tells her to relax, and when she does, they're able to free her. Free her. Things got even stranger as throughout the house they would hear loud breathing sounds again, footsteps around the house, foul odors barn animal sounds. Barn. It's the goddamn barnyard up in here. Poltergeist. The family, though, were determined to not be driven from their home and managed for several years to just coexist with the entity. Because they're not always afraid of it. Sometimes it's just an annoyance. Two years, there was nothing. So, So. yes, they decided to just deal with it. And I've actually heard of people who've lived in supposed haunted places and they're just like, oh, you know, it's just... Something well, happens in, like in the case of a poltergeist, technically it's just moving objects. So, I mean, yeah, if I'm just sitting here and my phone moves all the time, that'd be fucking annoying, but I mean But I wouldn't want to be awakened to breathing sounds in my I ear. mean cheap rent, <laughs> cheap rent. It's hard to find a house nowadays. Yeah. So they decided to coexist with the entity, if we can call it that, and just deal with it. And they even took to giving it a name. Fred. So if anything weird happened around the house, they would say, oh, that's just Fred. Yeah. Just as their way of dealing with it. Playful ghost. However, as the local media got wind of the story, they gave it a more ominous name. Mr. Nobody. When guests would visit, it seemed to make the activity worse. Joe's sister, Maud decided to see what was going on for herself after she heard about it because the story is just blowing up at this point and she is like you guys are making this up you're I, I gotta see what's happening so she came she thought the publicity was overblown thought there would be something logical to it and that the whole thing was either a misunderstanding or a prank. And yeah, as the kids fucking around. Yeah, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah. Well, ninety percent of this can be explained with people she, fucking around. She yeah. she did think it was the kids. Yeah. So, to their annoyance, she continued with her skepticism, and when she got there, the room became cold. The lights went out. She heard the sound of the refrigerator door open, and it's complete darkness. Right. 
and but she could make out in the darkness the refrigerator door opening, a jug of milk flying from the kitchen and stopping, hovering over Aunt Maud's head. <laughs> and then it slowly poured out <laughs> all over her. That's hilarious. And she was pissed off. Of course she was. <laughs> and she shouted She shouted It was those kids. And she's just pissed at the kids. She's angry, cleaning herself up. And she was like, they turned the lights off just to dump milk on me. For sure. And then Jean says, why don't you stay the night and see for yourself that we're not making this up? And she says, okay, I will. So she, at this point, she removes her hat and coat and noticed that one of her gloves was missing. So they're looking all around the house for this glove and the lights go out again. And when the lights went back on, the chairs were now upside down on the table. And then the lights went back out and in the ensuing panic, they saw a pair of hands emerging from the darkness just hands coming out. They soon realized these were Aunt Maud's gloves. Le- oh, no! Levitating. No, no, no. But not quite. More like an invisible force was wearing the gloves. Yeah, like it was filled to the brim with ghost things. Sticking out of the darkness like this. The hands moved, beckoning them. No! As if to come closer. Okay, is this okay? Is this the story for Conjuring Two? Is this what it's based on? No, that was actually that was the very similar en- Enfield. To, yeah, right. The Enfield, Enfield right? poltergeist with like the, poltergeist. the floating girls which, and stuff. I'm just saying it's typical. Which it this sounds, has more uh, sounds like credibility. A, I think it has it, a longer time span. Yeah, because I like I, over, I think the Enfield thing was. Speculating. Pretty much debunked Cause by a kids. lot of people. Yeah, They even do it in, in Conjuring 2. They show the kid doing it to show the person. Yeah. I mean, but then part of it's real. Yeah, yeah. Being, they, but... they play it off like, oh, what if like that was for a different reason kind of thing. Yeah. So the gloves are levitating like something's wearing them and continuing to beckon them. Come closer. What do you do if you see these invisible hands wearing this, these gloves, Niles? I fucking leave, man. I fu- I'm already gone. Tell I left three months ago. I moved out. I they, found, I found I accepted smaller uh, but the gloves housing. Want, but the gloves want you to come closer, Niles. No. Come on. I'm not doing come, it. Come closer to the darkness. It doesn't even... I don't... It doesn't like my decorating. And you know what? I don't want anything to do with it. Aunt Maud shouted, get away, you're evil, and she threw one of her boots at the gloves. Nice! And the gloves disappeared. Nice. They, wait a minute, the actual physical gloves disappeared, or like the hands, Yeah, yeah, after she they, had... they fell to the ground and like they became gloves again. Well, <laughs> the gloves... Disappeared? The, the gloves reappear floating into the bedroom. Oh, no. So you're just seeing these disembodied, gloved hands 
basically going from room to room. Let's back up. What if we got an invisible man situation here? I don't think so, man. The invisible man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All this could be explained by an invisible he was, person. He was an asshole, and he liked to <laughs> fuck around. And uh, there's an ant mod in here. He was played by Claude yeah. Rains. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Continue with your demon. That's uh, okay. taking the hands so, of a woman. So at this point, so the gloves are moving from room to room. Yeah. And you know he's just this thing is just playing with them. Ant mod is terrified, and she begins singing uh, a Christian song. Oh, Jesus. Onward, Christian soldiers. Absolutely. And she's she's just terrified singing the song as if to, like, pray it away. Yeah, yeah. And the gloved hands are floating in front of her, but then, as if to make fun of her, the hands start conducting like an orchestra <laughs> as she's singing. <laughs> so they're just... Sing it along, bitch! Yeah. Welcome to prime time. Mocking her. Jesus Christ. Aunt Maud was now a believer. <laughs> <laughs> Little to say, Aunt Maud was a fan. Uh, maestro. <laughs> One day, Jean saw an egg being thrown from the refrigerator. You gotta do it sometimes. She got mad. Like that. She put the eggs in a crate because <laughs> the eggs just kept coming out of the refrigerator yeah. being smashed. So she put the eggs in a crate, sat on the crate, basically as a way to say, I've had enough. You're not doing this anymore. Then the eggs appeared out of nowhere in the other room, dropping onto the floor. What? And then when she looked at the egg, Egg carton. It was empty. Took, took the crate off. The egg carton was empty. That's fucking weird. And then at this point, as it's getting stranger, they would detect a strong scent whenever it was near. Interestingly, Jean smelled a perfume-like scent, while Joe would smell something foul. Huh. They reached out to the church to get an exorcism on the house, and when they couldn't. They got a friend to attempt an amateur exorcism. Did not go well. Yeah, you don't want an amateur exorcism. <laughs> I'm just saying. It didn't work. And it made the situation even worse. As water poured from the ceiling and rained down on him as he was performing the ritual. That night, the crashes in the house intensified. As if it was angry that they were even trying an exorcism. So if you go back to that earlier quote when the vicar said they hold exorcisms in contempt. It's like they don't take them. Yeah. I, yeah. They, they fuck around, find out. Come on. Which is interesting if you look into this stuff and it's like, I wonder why it would be easier to... Maybe dis they're not demons. I was going to say, I wonder why it would be easier to dispel a demon, Are but they a not de not poltergeist demonic? would stick around. Maybe you know they're what not I mean? demonic. I don't know. I don't know. Where do they come from? So, this, this man spread holy water throughout the house, 
and Mr. Nobody responded by painting upside down crosses on the wall. I bet with a did. strange red paint that they did not know where it came from. That tastes like blood. <laughs> Sometime after, Diane is downstairs, and there's a crucifix that flies across the room, and it gets stuck to her back like a magnet <laughs> and she can't get it off she runs down the hall and there's a crashing sound and she sees that it's a picture of Jesus flung from the wall another cross falls off the wall eventually she does the whole just relaxes and it comes off so that's the other weird thing is that I guess if a ghost bothers you just relax take a deep breath and you're fine can you do that Niles the gloves, no. the gloves are floating in front of you. Just, just relax. No. I, well, it's the same reason I wouldn't like if uh, I got stuck in fucking quicksand. I'd be fucked. Just stop squirming. Stop squirming. I can't. I'm yep. terrified. One night, Jean is cleaning the fireplace, and she cleans the flue, reaches up, and all these keys start falling into the bottom of the fireplace. Keys? Keys in the fireplace falling down. 19 keys total. 19 of them. Every key to the house is in the fireplace. <laughs> what? She tries to figure out how they got up there, and there's one very old key that she doesn't recognize, and they actually never figured out where it came from or what it even goes to. So they were presenting the keys and they presented an extra key. Yeah. They don't know where it came from. They don't know. How big is this house? Um, I mean, we can look at some photos. I was just once, curious. Once we're like, done, is this a beast I, uh, house or like? I mean, it's, said it's an, I mean, it's an old how place. Many, how many fucking keys do you have to your house? Because <laughs> I have a house and I have like four max. Go ahead. So, the activity got worse, and they remembered the house shared a wall with a neighbor next door named Mrs. Mountain. Okay. And they decide to talk to the neighbor because they're like if this other house is joined with our house just separated by like a brick wall maybe some of this stuff is creeping out over to there sure well, why not which would make sense you know I mean we talked about the idea of like does it stick to the one building or does it does that have the ability to right. move across right yeah I get what you're saying so they go to her house and they ask have you ever seen anything weird happen? And she says, It's funny that you ask, because one morning I was at my kitchen sink, just, you know, doing dishes, and I stopped, and it got cold, and it felt like something was behind me. And she thought it was her nephew sneaking up on her, trying to scare her. But when she turned around... She was face to face with a very tall being wearing what looked like a black monk's outfit. 
outfit with a large hood over its head. Oh, that's what they did. She, she couldn't make out if it even had a face, but she just stared at it for a few minutes, and she's face-to-face with it, like almost hypnotized by it. And it just disappeared. Well, that's kind of like the description that was given before. So this is kind of a nightmare. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we're uh, we're this like, is uh, there. There's there's some patterns with this. Uh, all the shadow entities mentioned in this episode. It, it, yeah. It's all coming together. <laughs> Curious. The Pritchards wondered why they hadn't seen physical apparition of the entity. Did they just heard sounds? It would pick up physical objects, act like, you know, wear gloves, that kind of thing, but they never saw a manifestation of it. That soon changed. Because both awoke one night together, so it wasn't a sleep paralysis thing necessarily, but they both woke up and they saw a black cloaked figure standing at the end of the bed blacker than black and that's how a lot of these things are described as being like any sort of dark spirit if you will but it was they said it was unmistakably draped in the shape of a cloak standing at the bottom of their bed just watching them before it simply disappeared So they saw the same thing that the lady had presented as. Yeah, except in their bedroom, <laughs> watching them sleep. Because <laughs> for her, it was just like she was getting like the the Ray treatment from Ghostbusters one yeah, all night, yeah. getting head from a ghost. So <laughs> that was the good stuff. So uh, Diane had gone to the kitchen to make coffee one day, and the lights went off. Jean was reaching for the torch and heard Diane scream. It was dusk, and there was enough light to make out what was going on. And they saw Diane being dragged up the stairs. And previously, it seemed there was an attachment to Diane. Things would pin her to an area, but almost in a gentle way, not harming her. Affectionate. But, But as she was dragged up the stairs, she was choked by an invisible force. They saw the red finger marks on her neck, scratches, bruises, and Philip noted it let go just when he had the thought of fighting back. And sometime later, Philip and Diane were in the living room watching TV, and Philip noticed something moving past the frosted glass door leading to the kitchen, thinking... Someone must be visiting, or somebody just walked in unannounced. At this point, he'd be like, Satan? (laughs) Every fucking time he saw anything. He looks over at it, and Diane sees it too. And they get up, open the door, and they see the tall black shape that looks like a monk standing in the kitchen. And as they stare at it for a few minutes... It slowly descends 
into the floor of the kitchen and disappears. Nah, I've seen that. That's Dark City. I've seen that shit. <laughs> and that was the last time the family saw anything in their house. Really? And all the poltergeist activities stopped there. What? Several years later, the family moved out, and over the years, people have visited the house and reported the presence of the black monk to this day. Uh, Colin Wilson, re researcher and author of the book, Poltergeist, a study in destructive haunting, found in his research that in the 16th century, a monk was sentenced to death. He was hanged from the gallows located just across the modern site of the Pritchard home. The, really? the Pritchard's description of a figure wearing what appeared to be a monk in robes now made perfect sense as he was apparently tried for the murder of a young woman uh, and potentially other things too. Right? Yeah. Like greasy yeah. shit. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And this yeah. makes sense with like him being fascinated with Diane, the yeah. girl. Right? Yeah. Oh my god, I knew it. I fucking called it. <laughs> uh, Colin Wilson writes, If you stand outside the Church of All Saints, a few yards from the ruins of the old priory and the castle, you look across the housing state, and on the opposite hilltop, that hill was once the site of the gallows. So investigators learned that the land was, that the home was on, and had the a troubled and dark past, King Richard II was killed at the nearby Pontefract Castle in the 15th century. Wars were fought fought on the town's land, and besides the former gallows just across the street, there was also evidence of a former monastery, which also existed between 1090 and 1539. And since that time, people have visited the house and captured some pretty creepy things. Um... Do you want to? Do you want to see a photo? Oh! <laughs> do you want to see a photo? Do you, you want to see a photo? We'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah, I. I. There's a lot of. There's actually some pretty good stuff on YouTube. Like if you just type in, uh. Black Monk of Pontefract. Okay. Uh, so this is one of the supposed photos somebody has captured. It doesn't look monk-like, but it is very tall. Could you share it? Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, uh, I'm texting it to you. I texted you a couple. Okay. Is that really a picture somebody took? Yeah. Oh, that's fucking terrifying. Oh, my God. No. No, 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 no. So even if you just do a Google search no, of you don't. Black Monk I'm not doing photos, there's not a, a lot of... <laughs> this is this is, this is is one that creeped me out. Because it, 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 once again, it doesn't look monk-like, but there's... <laughs> what is that? <laughs> oh, I don't God. like that. I don't... And we'll 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 put these in the show notes no! as well. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Check out the photos in the show notes. Um, but I I did want to share. Um, if you're interested in reading more poltergeist stories or the the bulk of the black monk story, I got the book uh, Poltergeist Case and Destructive Haunting by Colin Wilson at the library. So if you'd like to there check you out go. your local library, we could even put a. Uh, 
uh, in the show notes, maybe a link to the, I think it's on Amazon as well, if anybody, yeah. but it, yeah, it, yeah. I think it's kind of an older book, but, um, yeah, it, uh, yeah, it spooked me. <laughs> it spooked me. <laughs> hey, yeah, you can get a hardcover of it. You can buy it on Amazon for $9. So well, there I'm you go. I might just fucking just pull it. But you did say haunt uh, my fucking house. Why you, not? You did. You did. <laughs> I was about to say you did say you didn't want to. That but book like, in your house. let's be honest. At this point, have you seen my fucking wife? There's no way that my house is not haunted with all the goddamn spells she's casting. Oh man, all that. Uh, yeah, no, I hear you. Which I, voodoo hoodoo? I generally get kind of spooked by that. I mean, I I'll be honest with you. Even though they're. I'm sure a lot of Ouija activity is like something happening like with your subconscious or whatever, but I still won't touch it on the odd occasion that something might happen this time. You know what I mean? Like Andy and fully just collect planchettes like a piece of shit. Well, you know, if it's like a, I mean, I'm not going to be afraid of a bottle opener. (laughs) I guess you're right. (laughs) I don't know. Not in my house. It's I'll about. My, it's yeah, a, I got enough problems. Look, with all it, the candles we burn. It's about how you use it, and if you're using it to crack open a beer, you're probably fine, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're opening a spirit. Respect. Uh, hey. But no, I'm Get with you. Here. I mean, no. Abby's sister is very into, you know, medium stuff, and I, <laughs> I did have to ask her once. I was like, hey. uh, this is an old apartment. Anything happened here before? Do I need to be worried about? And she's like, "No, there's. I don't. I don't get the sense that anything's here." But that being said, I'm like, I, I. We've talked about this many times. I'm super interested in the supernatural, yeah. and I, I love the stories. I love, you know, I love getting creeped out. But I, I, I'm like. I guess fascinating I'm, to I'm, know why you're scared. I'm yeah. I I I guess for me it's like I I like doing it at a safe distance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want to like talk to anything. I don't want to conjure, even if that's sure. possible. I don't know. But I I mean right. I, I'd be comfortable doing a ghost tour though because it's like you're just witnessing. Right. I guess you could say. Oh, but uh, Chris Melkis actually came up with the term. The uh, renaissance of seance movies that are happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. To me, he he called it a renaissance. Nope. Renaissance. That's great. Yeah, it's perfect, actually. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Yeah, so what do you guys think? I think that I'm probably going to see a hooded black man hanging out in my fucking corner or an corner. old hag no no that's yeah no I already yeah that's my nightmare i tell i tell ren every time she has a birthday one more year i guess huh well, almost gonna get that <laughs> she's there. gonna just turn into yeah, a she, witch yeah right before <laughs> like, I, it's only gonna be right before classic i classic the moment i Halloween die witch. she'll be scary to me like i guarantee it like at we get to the point where I'm gonna die, like I look at her and she's just scary to me. I get <laughs> she's scary to me. But right. yeah, so good one, Patrick. Oh, thank I dug you. It. I'm creeped out. Yes, Thanks. and I, I honestly, yeah, now I want to go home and watch The Conjuring too. Like, <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> I just want to watch something in like a British. Uh, yeah. I had to watch Ghost Watch. Ghost Watch. That's a fun one. Yeah, I, 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 really I still like haven't Ghostwatch. cracked my uh, special edition open. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Is that Arrow? Really? No, no. One hundred one films. One hundred one films. Okay. I have two copies. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I still have my. I, actually, I, maybe I'll give that away for like a horror trivia prize. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. So we went from a demonic possession, yep. exorcist, well, to uh, crypt, cryptid slash alien, full blown cryptid. Yeah, and then this year we got we got ghosts, poltergeists. We got ghosts. Yeah. What what's next year going to bring us? Ooh, <laughs> witches. 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 Man, you know I that's not to drag this thing on too long, but that was one of my original ideas. But it's it's really hard to find anything because there's definitely, you know, stories of witches, but not really stories of sinister witches out there. So sure. that was uh, unless the Bell Witch, which is an interesting story. Yeah. Um, but, you know, man, that might be a good one to, to yeah. try next year, maybe. But yeah. yeah. Tons of things. Anyway, I hope you guys are creeped out somewhat. Always having <laughs> a creepy session with Patrick. <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed October and uh, you're getting ready for the spooky season. Still not sure when this is going to come out. So this might be fully edited out. I'll be yeah. married. Yeah, yeah, you'll be <laughs> married. Um, we have done an event every Friday <laughs> this fucking month. Um, so hopefully you've come out to that. Don't forget if you're looking to get a Fangoria subscription, uh, go to shop.fangoria.com and enter the code destroy the brain, all one word to get 20% off whatever you buy. So you could get a new subscription for 2024 because the October issue is the last issue of the year. Um, or you could just start now. Uh, whatever you want to do, shop.fangoria.com, enter code destroy the brain. Also, um, join our Discord, discord.destroythebrain.com. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, support us by going to uh, support.destroythebrain.com. You can find all our social media links. Uh, discord.destroythebrain.com is our so, uh, Discord server where you can join our community. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll hope to be in your ear holes soon. And we hope you've had a happy Happy Halloween. Halloween. With all your holes. (laughs) Watch out for the old hag. (laughs) Good night. Good night.